Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the Bears lose another one, this time in New Jersey with backup quarterback Trevor Simeon. How are you feeling after another loss? Expected. It was an expected, Al, for, for the Bears. I think uh, it, it's a strange start to that. was kind of made the whole day even weirder. And, and part of me was like, man, I hope we do get Peterman. I think that would be fun to see Peterman out there. You know, I mean, I, I was expecting a loss anyway. Let's have this be as epically bad as possible. Um, but it didn't happen. And it was funny because Simeon talked about after the game in his, in his, in his post-game presser that he did tweak his oblique. But he's like, man, I, I, I can't. It, it's embarrassing if I miss a game when I get hurt in warm-ups. So, he, you know, he got a shot and, you know, he went out there and he toughed it out. And he was fine. He played like I thought he would. You know, he's a bunch of check downs. He got some some nice plays from his guys. And that that's that's life with the Bears offense. Ten points without a, an electric quarterback like Justin Fields. Yeah, you know, there were a few people out in, in the Bears world uh, who talking all week about how, well, this is going to show how Justin Fields isn't a good passer because Trevor Simeon knows how to run an offense. And, and it's going to show just the the deficiencies in Justin Fields here because Trevor Simeon's gonna 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 run this offense well and he's gonna put up yardage and he's gonna show you and even even that like early where again, again Darrington Evans just like uh, you know beats uh, CJ Mosley out in space who you know is a slow middle linebacker and just takes off and he he gets a bunch of yards after a catch and you know Montgomery sheds a tackle behind the line of scrimmage and then he he gets a bunch of yardage Chase Claypool with a nice, uh, you know, down the field 50-50 ball that he grabs. Like, you know, some nice plays by offensive playmakers, and all of a sudden some yards started accumulating in the Trevor Simeon stat sheet, which, okay, great. But are you really going to tell me after watching that game that Trevor Simeon is a better passer of the football than Justin Fields? I mean, who are these people, and, and what are they watching, and what priors do they really need confirmed when they're so blind to want to back up and cap for Trevor Simeon of all people. I think it boils down to a few things. And, and, you know, one of it is some people just want to be right. They want to be right that they did. They thought fields was a bust. They want to be right about it. You know, they, they want to be right about their takes. They've had their awful takes. They've had this whole season, you know, so yeah, there were some media members that were ready. And when, 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 when Trevor Simeon came out and had a few nice plays, they were ready, man. They had that article ready to go. And, and then like, it just didn't happen because look, I don't care if Simeon would have put up through 300 yards, if that would have happened, if the bears only get 10 points at the end of the day, it's, you know, put the ball in the end zone and he couldn't find a way to do that. His scrambling ability is not there. And yeah, you'd like to see Justin Fields win from the pocket more. But I don't. I don't give a damn how he wins as long as he does. Learn he learns how to win, and we've talked about it on the show a few times. 
that's going to come. It's, that's that's the last thing you do. You know, as, as as you build a team around you, the wins are the last to come. You know, the, the culture I think is pretty good right now. The culture within the Bears, that's there. The, these players really care for each other. The coaching staff, it's all there. The wins will come eventually. That's that's going to take time. And but the whole Trevor Simeon, again, a good veteran backup. He is who he is. And he showed the, that in the game. And he can't do much with this supporting cast either. What a shock. What a shock. And I <laughs> just to kind of cap that, I believe Moose Johnson, who was doing the color in that game, mentioned that during the Cowboys, like the early in the Cowboys career, like they didn't know how to win. They couldn't win. And they, yes. they didn't have Contact. that figured out. They started to get the young talent around them because they didn't understand how to win football games. And that eventually happened for them. Now I'm at I'm not claiming that the Bears are going to win three Super Bowls. There it is. That's did not it. what I'm saying. I'm going to make a headliner clip of that right there. There you go. Sure Absolutely. That. <laughs> but that does happen. At some point, you have to, you have to get there. So um, we'll get into the, the categories here, but I think that's a that's a good way to start off and put this game into context and uh, you know confirm some things that I think we knew going in here. But let's start off in the in the trenches trench tribute this week, and of course, every week. This year has been sponsored by Portillo's. This week is no different. Get your Portillo's Player of the Week into us where you get your Baron Balance for a chance at a $100 gift card. And I may add a handwritten thank you note from me personally. Like I have been writing these all year and someone finally posted one onto the interwebs onto the Twitter machine and, and showed the great handwritten card that I had been sending out didn't write the, you know, didn't show the actual note, but you know, showed the card that I've been sending. That's probably, honestly, I should have been leading with that. That we'll probably get more entries now that people know that you get a handwritten thank you note from me. And it just happens to include a hundred dollar gift card, but get them in where you get it on the Twitter, on the YouTube, on email to ndcitygridiron at gmail.com. Send it to us, put it on the website, put it on the article, wherever you get it. Throw it in there. Lester will put you in the drawing. I do a random number generator and we get it. I am going first this week. You are. I did not like a lot of what I saw in the trenches. No. <laughs> I did not have a very good time with this category. And so I'm going to go with Kari Blossing Game. Why am I going with Kari Blossing Game? Because fullbacks are basically baby linemen. That's what they are. They're little, short, baby linemen. And if they were bigger, they'd be on the line somewhere. We got to shout out this fullback. He's been playing good football when he's in there. And he got on the stat sheet this week. It was a target. It wasn't caught, (laughs) but it was a target. So he got on the stat sheet. So that's very exciting for a baby lineman to get on the stat sheet. I like this player. I like it when he's, I like it when blasting games in the game, he, he makes good blocks. Um, He seems like a smart football player. And um, I thought he had a pretty good game this week, but I think he's had a good season. He doesn't get a lot of snaps, but when he's in there, he makes them count. Uh, And so this week, because I didn't like a lot of what else I saw throughout the offensive and defensive lines, I'm going to go with Kerry Blessing game. I like that pick. I was wondering which one of us would be the first one to really go off. I mean, I kind of went with Patrick Scales, which is you open the door. You broke. I opened the door. I figured that would be a way to go. But like you said, the fullback in this day and age, they're they're basically linemen because. It's rare they get a target. It's rare they get a carry. You know, there just aren't many fullbacks doing that. And I, I know the tight end is what most people think of. Oh, that's just an extension of, of, of the line because you have to have O-line skills and receiving skills. But 
the fullback is even more so because they rarely touch the ball. So that's that's a good pick. Their blasting game is nice. I, I like what he's done this year too. I'd like to see him play a little more. Um, I think part of it is just the the the, the way the offense is kind of kind of goes. You know, they they want to do a lot of three wide stuff. But I think at some point, if if the fullback continues to be incorporated in this offense, they'll find ways to get him involved because there's there's just so much cool stuff going back to the to the old school west coast offense you know we did we talked about moose johnson earlier moose johnson was a fullback that was active um you know tom rathman with the niners i, I like the way those old west coast offenses utilize the fullback and i think that's something that you know i would love to see teams do more these days but they're more used to doing the uh, the, the the tight end stuff the y the u you know that's what they use as the fullback but the fact the bears got one I think that's good for me. Again, like you, I didn't like a lot of the, the stuff on the line, but there was one guy that stood out more than the others, and that was the old reliable. We've had him probably as the most trench tributes this year. That's Tevin Jenkins. I was so glad to see him back in the lineup. He is just solidified. I don't know what the deal was, the drama in the offseason, whatever was going on. I, I really, really, I, I say it every week. I hope it's in the past because this guy is definitely a future. I hope his, his health issue is good. Um, he had the hip. For a couple weeks, of course, he's had the back in the past. But Tevin Jenkins, man, there was just a few plays I noticed he made. I think on, on, was the Pringle touchdown where he kind of got beat off the snap. He kind of re, regathered his feet and re-anchored, which is something that a lot of times we'll see guys get beat on that. Once they're beat with that with the bull rush or something, they're over. But on that play, I'm pretty sure it was a Pringle touchdown. He, he kind of got beat to the inside. He, he caught the guy with his arm re-anchored and just stopped him. And then, it, of course, it was a nice pass. Uh, a few other ones I kind of noticed where he was nice on the on, on the twists. Um, not all of them. You know, he had a couple of sloppy ones. But, uh, again, he's still in his first year as a right guard. He's coming along. I think I saw the pro football focus grades, too. I think he was the Bears' top uh, lineman in run and pass blocking. Just an overall nice game from Jenkins. And I'm just so glad he is back because – Let's keep him healthy all the rest of the year because he's one of the few bright spots. If Fields is going to miss any more time, he's one of the few bright spots there is to watch on that Chicago offense. Yeah, that was obviously the other pick that made some sense because there you do get the the flashes, you do get the the spikes in play. And there's there's a couple plays when I was reviewing, it was like, oh, oh yeah, it's Jenkins. I always he's just downfield, right? You just take him to the ground, you know, yeah. just you know, so he any play is live for Tevin Jenkins to put a guy on the ground. And that that's kind of fun as an offensive watch offensive line play. So absolutely. That makes a lot of sense there and good to see him back. And like you say, that's what we're looking for. Who are the guys that are going to be around in a couple of years? Who are the guys that are, that are building blocks for the future of the bears when they are going to be competing. And I think you have to say that Tevin Jenkins is going to be one of those guys. Hopefully he is bought in and, and believes that he can be, um, you know, one of the better guards in the league because I think he's got the tools to do so. So hopefully that continues to stick. Let's move on to our tweet of the week. Um, I'm highlighting our friend, Sam Householder. He is at Sam Householder. He says Darnell Mooney's consecutive games with a catch streak ends at 44 it spanned every game he's played in and was the 16th longest streak in Bears history. So I wanted to bring this up because one, it looks like Darnell Mooney's probably out for the rest of the year. He was largely invisible through this game until he got injured anyway. Um, did, probably didn't have much of a rapport with, with Trevor Simeon. This is you know certainly one that he's built up with Justin Fields. So if and when Justin Fields does return this year, he will not have the services of Darnell Mooney more than likely. I don't think we have any confirmation on that, but it looks like he's probably out for the year. 
Um, I just kind of wanted to bring him up and ask you a question. Well, first of all, that's 16th uh, longest streak in Bears history. Have Did you see this tweet, and do you know the top three? I saw the tweet. I retweeted it, but I did not check what his list was. I was uh, working today most of the day. I didn't have time to kind of dive into it. But uh, You want to guess? I, I knew you were going to put me on the spot here. Of Can course. I go with uh, – is, is Mike Dicka up there? Mike Dicka is number one. Nice. He is 81-game streak. So excellent on, on that 81-game streak for Mike Dicka. And, and then I'm guessing it might be someone a little more obscure, maybe uh, – these are um, not obscure names in okay. Bears history if you know your Bears history pass catchers. Well, then we're going to go Harlan Hill on this. Harlan Hill is number three. He has okay. a 61 game uh, catch streak. And then we got to go Johnny Morris. Johnny Morris, number two. See, you Boom. did it. You did it. Excellent. Uh, good job there. So I want to talk about this in terms of Darnell Mooney's future. There's a couple of people speculating that this might impact what Darnell Mooney could get from the bears in a contract, or maybe this could hurt whether or not he returns to the bears. My personal opinion is that I don't think it's going to hurt him much. I, uh, particularly if this is, this is an injury that where he can make a full recovery from, I think he has established himself as someone that the bears want going forward. I don't know what his market is. I know that he wanted to have a giant ear. Of course he did. Yeah. Um, the bears did too. Uh, that did not materialize, but I still believe that there is enough of a friendship and a rapport with, with uh, Justin Fields and, and where he fits in this offense that he is high on the priority list to come back. But what did you think um, when you heard that? Yeah, I kind of think it makes, makes sense. I mean, it's unfortunate that an injury has to kind of affect the, the cap ramifications, but you know, that's, that's the NFL. It's a business at the end of the day. So I think that's part of it. Um, I also don't think that the bears ever intended on paying him true, wide receiver one money. I always think they kind of, yeah, he was this year as their number one because, you know, they had no one else, but I think they, they kind of always envisioned him more as like, as a slot guy, maybe even the, the number two option there. He just doesn't have that. It's hard to say this without knocking him. You know, I, I think he's a very good receiver. I just don't think he falls in that that AJ Brown category, that that elite category where he's like a, a true number one where you're gonna get top, top dollar. But I think it's gonna get big money because you know, teams need at least three receivers these days. They all get paid. So if you're gonna pay someone, I think now's the time to pay Mooney, you know, once he's once he's once his deal's coming up here, because the way the 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 roster's structured, it makes sense. And unless you go out and make a big splash in free agency at receiver, which it could happen. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure they're going to do spend that much money there just because we kind of see what the, what they have here. I think old the trenches are something they got to address. Um, that's free agency. They may go in the draft with the guy, let him kind of develop. I think you got to bring Mooney back. You know, I think the, the 15, 17 million annual has kind of been thrown around out there. I think that's that's reasonable. I mean, it's it sounds funny to say that's a reasonable price, but know one of your top targets i think that makes sense and i like mooney i think you hit a nail on the head though with the rapport he has with justin fields that's going to go a long way i mean the bears apparently believe in fields he's shown he's the guy if he's the guy keep the guy happy and if mooney's the guy that, that you that you deem worthy of this offense a big part of this offense bring him back make it happen and you see all these other quarterbacks where Teams have gone out and drafted their like college yeah. teammates to to pair up with them, right? Like that, th that happened three times in in the draft that Justin Fields was taken in, where a, where a team took 
uh, a college teammate of their quarterback um, to, to throw the football to. You know, you've got even examples like Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, getting the Packers the re-sign Randall Cobb, Randall right? Cobb. Like, you know, or or Tom Brady and, you know, bringing his entourage around, right? Like, yeah. you know, you do this. You, you know, the guys that you have a good relationship with, it really helps. Um, what about you this week? My tweet of the week is from uh, Rich Harbar, and I'm probably butchering his name, but that's just part of the course of me. He is from Sharp Football. He is at Lord Reeves, and uh, his tweet was the Bears' defense last five weeks. Now, we know they've been awful. The last five weeks, of course, is, is post-Roquan trade, post-Robert Quinn trade, but he runs down a list, and the Bears are either dead last or or second to last in all these categories – uh, they allowed 3.2 points allowed per drive that last touchdown allowed nearly 40% of all drives. The bears have allowed the last five weeks dead last 41 yards allowed per drive. Second to last 6.7 yards allowed per play dead last 3% sack rate, which a lot of that's Justin Fields, but that's this offense and, and the line dead last 72.7% completion rate. Second to last, 9.4 yards per pass attempt, dead last. This defense can get no pressure. We just saw what the first sack from a Bears D lineman, Armin Watts, since uh, week six. Front seven is is not the best. Back end with the injuries now, oh, my God, it's even worse. Uh, This defense is uh, historically bad right now for the Bears. Yeah, like you mentioned, and I think uh, you know, you're talking about defense, so that sack rate being a super low number, I mean, that that's just – there's no pressure, and that leads actually to my stat of the oh, week. Yeah. what the hell is that? Perfect. Just, do I, do I, 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 I have a sack watch on the mind. I have, like, sack watch constantly. Yeah, that 3%, good, good, good point. That's the bear sacks that they're getting after the quarterback, not the other. So, uh, obviously, that's a very low number. So, um, there's just no pressure on the quarterback. So, the quarterback sitting back and having a very clean pocket – and that leads to some very easy throws and it leads to a high completion percentage. It leads to a lot of touchdowns and not a lot of interceptions, which leads to my number. There it is. Which is 124.7. And that is the opposer passer rating in the last five football games. That is a very big number. That is a big passer rating. And one of those five games, the quarterback was Marcus Mariota who is not that good at quarterbacking. And so you would think that that would maybe pull it down a little bit. Each each quarterback that they have faced has finished that individual game with a passer rating of 100 or more. But overall, those numbers all calculate out to 124.7, 10 touchdowns, one interception. That's it in the last five games. Um, very efficient quarterbacking from each of those opponents. Uh, they are picking apart and having their way with this Bears defense. That's nauseating. That's that's uh that's pretty bad. I mean, like like you said, it's 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 their comfort level. You know, if you're able to sit back there, you know the pressure's not coming. And, and the Bears have tried to blitz. You know, they're just not. You know, they haven't really been able to get home. Um, they're just not. Uh, you know, there's some talent there, but it's not the kind of talent that you're really going to expect to get home on blitzes. Jaquan Brisker, I think, leads the team in sacks from a safety spot, which is coming off the edge. It's just, it's just horrible. You know, it's, there's not a lot of uh, pressure here. You know, this kind of really shows what they're going to do in the off season. Cause you, you got to have, I mean, no one expected defense to be a top priority going into next season. Everyone thought it'd be build up the offense, build up the offense. But when, when the defense is historically bad, you got to put some assets there and it's going to be draft picks. Uh, it's going to be free agency. And, um, going to be something it's going to be a big a big move by ryan poles in the offseason 
Absolutely. What about you? What'd you come up with? And that leads me into my number. My number this uh, week is 22. And that is the number of unrestricted free agents the Bears are currently set to have going into the next offseason. And I'm telling you, these these guys on this list, not one of these guys would I be really broken up if the Bears let go. Probably the big name there, obviously, is David Montgomery. I'd like to see Montgomery back. I think he's he's a good football player. Again, it's going to come down to the money. Is are they, is he going to want nine, ten, eleven million a year? Is it closer to seven or eight? You know, where's that number going to fall? Does he want to stay in Chicago? Who knows? But the rest of this list, you know, Nick Morrow, you know, um, Matt Adams, you know, who da- Dakota Dozier is a free agent next year. <laughs> you know, uh, our guy Kerry Blassengame. I'd like to see him come back, but if, if he's not back, I'm not heartbroken. Um, I'm sure that's a vet men type type yeah, contract I mean, for that kind of guy. But yeah, vet men's, you know, Byron Pringle's a free agent, Riley Reef, uh, Angela Blackson, although Blackson does have some void years on his contract, thanks to Ryan Pace. So he'll still be here on, on, on the cap, whether he's here or not. You know, DeAndre Houston Carson, I, I like him. I think he's a good football player, but if they don't re sign him, it's not the end of the world. 22 players, and, and literally not one, I'd be like, oh, my God, he's a must-sign. They have to bring him back for the future of this franchise, not one of them. So that just tells you another big uh, revolving you know, offseason for Ryan Poles. Yeah, I think that you know we're not probably giving too much away here, but at some point, and it'll probably be the bye week, we're going to have a little bit of a meeting internally, I'd say – might be time for us to continue to follow the rest of the season. We played out the string the last four games, but you know, we need to start putting an eye towards, you know, team evaluation, free agency, and the draft, right? So we've got some ideas for some off-season projects, so make sure you're staying tuned with us throughout the off-season because we've got some fun stuff lined up for you there. Um, free agency is what starts it. I've got some ideas on how to kind of try to put this into perspective um, so that we're prepped for free agency when that happens. But that's that's a good Good place for us to start. Uh, at this point in the program, we have gone and done what we have called the Fields Report, which is going through the stats and talk about the specific play of Justin Fields. Obviously, he did not play in this football game. If you didn't know that, you were surprised when you heard talk about where they're going to start Trevor Simeon or where they're going to start Nathan Peterman um, before the game. And, uh, you know, they end up starting Trevor Simeon with the bad oblique. Toughed it out. Could you know there was another quarterback that played yesterday that could not tough it out throughout an oblique injury, but uh, Trevor Simeon he sure he sure was able to. But I just wanted to read a stat line that is 16 of 28 for 153 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 17 carries for 157 yards, no touchdowns. What do you think of that stat line? Uh, I think I know whose it is. I think it's a great stat line. I think it was it's a nice uh, stat line, right? It, it was it was done within the offense. Uh, the offense was clicking and chugging along. And uh, is that uh, the Eagles uh, quarterback right there? That is Jalen Hurts uh, against the Green Bay Packers last night. They ended up winning that football game, and he is the quarterback of a team that is best record in the NFL. They have only lost one football game, and I bring that up because sixteen of twenty eight versus Justin Fields's mark against the Dolphins, which was 17 of 28. Uh, 153 yards for Hertz, 123 yards only for Justin Fields. Remember, he met, uh, there was that big big play down the field that, the, that was dropped. Um, Fields had two touchdowns, no interceptions, 
or sorry, Hurts uh, had two touchdowns, no interceptions. Fields has had three in that game, no interceptions. The 17 carries for 157 versus the 15 carries for 178. And Fields got in the end zone once on one of those. I'm saying they're very similar football games in terms of what the quarterback brought. Jalen Hurts, and it, no one needs to, to necessarily compare Justin Fields against Jalen Hurts. They're different football players. They have different skills. But, you know, they're, they're kind of in the same quadrant of, of type of quarterback, a guy who can hurt you with his legs, a guy who can hurt you with his arm. Jalen Hurts has A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, uh, Devonta Smith as weapons. He has the best offensive line blocking for him in front of him and blocking for his running backs who are, who are also similarly running the football very well, like the, like the bears are this year. Um, you would take any of those three <laughs> weapons <laughs> from the Eagles and they would be the best weapon that the bears would have, right? Like there, he has a better infrastructure. He also has a better defense on the other side. So he's generally playing with the lead. All I'm saying is that this thing is, you know, the, the narrative around Hertz last night, when they when they stopped talking about the two quarterbacks that were wearing green. Oh, my green God, that was awful. Yeah, that was I terrible. mean, the slurp fest for those two gentlemen. I, I, generally, you have to do something in the NFL to earn no. the, the the commentator slurp, slurping on you. But Not Jordan Love. Just Jordan has Love, that G yeah, on I mean, his helmet. Wow. Yeah, he's you know, already there. He completely they have anointed passes him. against shell defenses. <laughs> he's the next coming. Yeah. Anyway. Back to back to Hertz, back to Hertz and Fields. The point is, you know, I think that Justin Fields got some love and changed the narrative over the, that nice hot streak that he went yeah. on, and, and I think that that was deservedly so. But he, he still didn't hear, you know, the resounding positiveness from everyone because they're not winning football games. But the the winning part will come when the rest of the team talent improves around him. That at least, I mean, I, I feel very confident in saying that. If you could put Justin Fields into an offense with that surrounding cast that we watched the Eagles have last night, I would feel pretty confident that his numbers would be as good or even better than what we have seen from him at his highs or or Jalen Hurts at his highs. And so I think that that's, that's the confidence that you have to have when you're watching some of these good football teams right now. You're watching the Bills. You're watching the 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 Eagles and there's two of the best teams in the league. And you say, man, my quarterback can do that. You know, I, I, the guy that wears number one for the bears, he, he could do that stuff. Just those guys didn't do that in their second year either. Like it, it took time. And so I, I think that that might be a takeaway through the last month of the year as beginning of the playoffs is just to start to envision what this bears offense can look like when Ryan Poles is able to put some more talent around Justin Fields like these other teams with quarterbacks that have similar skill sets. Yeah, you, you look around the league and, and the young quarterbacks that have kind of, when they blossomed, it's, when does that happen? Well, it does, does some, some of them just it happens naturally because you're just that good. And I think Justin Fields has shown in, in that stretch he had with, we talked about it, no talent around him. And he was probably one of the most electrifying players in the NFL during that stretch. Now imagine him with, a, a, like the Bills have, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, you know, Dawson Knox, more talented receivers, more talented pass catchers, a better offensive line. You talk about the Eagles offense. You know, look around the league. You know, the, the quarterbacks that are doing it, they need help. You know, you can't do it all by yourself. You know, it's fun that he's he's carrying the team, but, you know, that's that's not – 
the way to win in the NFL. You got to build it up. And, you know, it's really seemed like the Bears wanted to kind of, I don't know if it was they were giving him a prove it year, but it really it's really it seems like because they didn't really do too much to kind of build it up around him. I talked about it on previous shows. You know, we mentioned him today, Dakota Dozier. He was in line to be a starter on this offensive line until he got hurt. That's that's malpractice, but that's also a GM saying, "Hey, I want to see if if this guy has what it takes. If he does, I'll make him my guy." It seems like he's the guy based on some moves they made in. in you know, during the season, a Chase Claypool move, that's a move with the future in mind. If you have your quarterback set, you're not making that trade unless you think you have the quarterback. There's just no point in that. So I think they're content going forward with Justin Fields. I think, the, again, big off season, you know, build up the trenches, get him another weapon or two. And I think uh, we're going to see this team make that leap next season. I think that's a good place for us to take a quick break. On the other side of it, we will talk – and try to find some candidates for everybody's favorite category, the three bears. Stick with us. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Lester, let's talk three bears, hot go- hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. Um, hot bowl of porridge for me this week. Um, I think that it's got to be the contested catches. Oh, okay. Because it's out of nowhere. It's it, We have not had any real expectation that uh, these receivers can make contested catches. We had Chase Claypool down the sideline. Uh, getting a contested catch over Sauce Gardner, who is almost certainly going to be defensive rookie of the year and has yeah. been one of the best cornerbacks in the league already. Very talented young player. Um, and he he looked pretty good against him. And I think that that should show what Claypool can bring out of the box. And hopefully he can improve a little bit more down, down the line. Not the cleanest catch in the world, but wet football conditions, like, you know, that was kind of, you know, all around. There's a little bit of a book on Chase Claypool that, he, he doesn't have the best hands. Um, so something to keep in mind, he is going to drop some down the line, but that was a good contested catch. And then that Byron Pringle touchdown where, again, I think that was a bad decision by Trevor Simeon, but he was able to wrestle it away for a touchdown. Um, th- those two catches just haven't been there. Like th- there have been a lot of 50, 50 balls or even like 75, 25 balls that just get, uh, that go the other way or or get or fall incomplete um, because the Bears wide receivers haven't been able to win those balls. So it was nice to see a little bit of that early, which gave us uh, a, some hope as Bears fans um, that early on this game might just be a shocker uh, because they hung around a little longer than I think a lot of people gave them credit for. 
yeah, the buzz on on social media during the game was, oh my God, the Bears are going to mess around and win this game. You know, I mean, they, they were in it. You know, they're right there. And you know, at this point, you know, the Jets had really done done you know too much explosive on offense. A bit as the game wore on, of course, the Jets, you know, realized that oh my God, the Bears defense has nobody. You know, let's just take our time and kind of you know chew them up, and that's what they did. And no, that's that's a good call. I think I think one thing that like the, the Chase Claypool catch. You know, maybe Justin Fields sees this and he sees, okay, sometimes sometimes I have to, have to just chuck it up there and let my guy make a play. With a guy like Claypool, who's who's you know six four, six five, he's got that size, he's got that speed. Sometimes you do that, you know, and and that that rapport will come uh, with with Justin Fields and Chase Claypool as they grow together. Trevor Simeon, I think he just said, "What the hell? I'm just going to do this because you know what do I have to lose." So he just kind of did it. He, he the same the, the same with the throw to Pringle. Like I said, when, when that throw was made and it happened, and then they showed the replay. I'm like, oh my God, why did he even throw that? That was just, uh, you know, but hey, you know, again, at some point, trust your guy to make a play. And I think, uh, you know, Justin Fields will kind of take a look at that. And I also think Justin Fields may kind of look at some of the stuff he did early with Simeon and he kind of had some of the checkdowns. He just took them a little quicker. Justin Fields doesn't always want to take the check down as quick as, as we saw it with, with, uh, with, 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 with Trevor Simeon. Part of it is he's looking to, to go big, part of it may be the play design. But sometimes, depending on the look the defense gives you, a, a veteran quarterback knows, okay, this will be there right away, and it should be enough to get some yards. So I think Justin Fields, while I wanted to see him play, I think he's the kind of guy that can learn from watching a veteran uh, quarterback operate the offense. Yep, I, I, I agree. What about you? Uh, hot bowl for you. I'm glad you, you, you left me the layup. So I'm going to go Jack Sanborn, you know, 14 tackles, one tackle for loss. Uh, he, he also had a tackle on special teams. Undrafted free out of Wisconsin, Lake Zurich's uh, own. No one expected this. You know, I think I saw a stat earlier today where he is uh, has more solo tackles than Roquan during their time, you know, since he's been on the Ravens, which is just kind of weird to hear. But he's been playing well, you know, and, and I was kind of listening to people in the game during the game, talk about Sanborn, how he's so unathletic. He's just a plugger. He's just a, a – and then I looked at his numbers. So I'm like, I, I remember seeing him a little bit at the pro day and in the combine. So I pulled up his RAS. We've talked about quite a bit with Math Bomb. Not elite, but, you know, he's in, in the sevens. You know, he has a couple uh, top numbers here. His his 10-yard split is really good. His, I think, his three-cone shuttle, really good. Two things you want to have for a, for a linebacker, especially at the mic there. But it's, it's, it's his instincts, you know, his, his understanding of his keys, you know, reading what's happening in front of him, his understanding of, of, of what the offense is trying to do, it helps him play faster. And it's still too early to know if he's going to be the future Mike for this team. He may end up selling it at the, the Sam, but I think he's shown enough to where you know he is part of the future. You know, if, if, it, if he gets beat out by someone, you know, next year, so be it. But I'm excited, man. Jack Sanborn, man, number 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 57. You know, he's get the jerseys. You know, it's if, if he keeps doing this, the popularity is you know through the roof. And uh that's 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 a touch of it's a lunch pail kind of guy right there for the Chicago Bears. Fan favorite, people are gonna exactly. love that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, 50s Bears jerseys. I mean, can you really go wrong? I mean, those those are those are just great history with with that uh that particular first number. Uh Pick whatever number you want after that. It's been pretty good. Um, so yeah, good stuff there. I, I do think that that was that was the layup. But on the other side of this cold bowl of porridge, um, you get beat by 
three scores yeah. and what do you want to do? You, you can do? You can do anything that you want with this. Um, I, I'm just going to point out the, the Kindle Vildor play. If you're going to hold a guy, if you're going to get called for pass interference or defensive holding, whatever it ended up being, it, it, prevent the guy from, from doing anything. Like that was a, that was a clown level play. Like, I mean, that was bad. <laughs> he, he tries to hold Garrett Wilson um, and Garrett Wilson breaks away from him and then he falls down. And then Garrett Wilson is wide open for the first touchdown. I mean, it's a touchdown already. That's bad. It's now it's an inter, interference call, which means that they have like focus and they're going to keep showing the play. And then you fell down when you interfered. Like, I mean, it was like a trifecta. It was maybe one of the worst plays that um, uh, uh, defensive plays that I've seen in a very long time. Didn't have a strong game overall either. Um, that's a tough, tough draw. And again, we're, you're not getting uh, any pass rush at all. And so, you know, Mike White sitting back there without any issues and it was just dealing um like they all quarterbacks have been against the bears secondary uh in the last five games but that was a bad play like i gotta give cold bowl for that yeah he he had a rough game i think you you hit it though it's, it's that pass rush i mean it's if you're not helping out your secondary at all you know you just wait you you wait it out and you'll find your guy and i think filters had a nice season i, I still think filters uh his ceiling may be there. I mean, if he's if, if he's a, a, a top reserve, I think that's a better place for the Chicago Bears. But you know, they're counting on him now to be a to be a playmaker in that secondary, and that's not who he is. You know, I mean, for me, I'm going to go front seven. Al Quddin Muhammad, fifty snaps, which is seventy nine percent of the snaps. And I'm sure you know this. He didn't scratch the stat sheet again. This is his uh, third game this season where he had no tackles. You know, it's that old thing. You know, what exactly do you do here, right? There's a there was a a name. For, I, I'm not a basketball guy, so I apologize that I am going to butcher this. But there was this player who like had logged like 25 minutes or something in a game and had. No assists, no points, no rebounds, no fouls, like nothing. It was just like on the court, but like didn't do anything of substance to get on the stat sheet. And and so they had like a name for it. That was that's him, man. Like he, he is these are wasted snaps. And and we've been calling it out for a few weeks here, uh, probably a little longer, but at some point you have to give the guy a little bit of a of time to show. But I mean, what what are you doing? Like why, why, why give him the snaps? And I know you don't have a lot behind him and, and you're paying him money and whatever, but at this point, if you're not seeing what we're seeing on film, then I'm not, I'm not sure what he, I don't know what we're missing. Let's assume that we're missing something that he's doing. But if, if, if we're seeing what you're seeing, get somebody else in there, elevate somebody from the practice squad, just see what happens. Um, at this point in the year, his, his reps are absolutely wasted. I, I tried watching him a little bit on my rewatch. I, like I said, I want, like well, what are they seeing in him? Is he setting the edge really good? Is he is he is he commanding? You know, is is he is he drawing double teams? You know, it's like what is he doing out there? And nothing really stood out from him. And and it's I liked the signing when they made it. I'm like, yeah, this is a good to be a nice piece here. He knows the defense. You know, I watched him his, his his film from the Colts. You know, he was an ascending player. He kind of came in out of nowhere. He worked himself up to, to where he was a really good part of that defense. You know, maybe he's just not that guy. He needs help around him. I mean, it's obviously can't be a, a centerpiece, you know, but but now it's like he's doing nothing at all. 
So I just don't really see what the, what's the point of, like you said, giving him these reps when he's doing nothing with him. Absolutely. Uh, just right bull for me. I, a couple guys that I considered um, that, that I'm not giving it to uh, would be Trenton Gill, um, who I think had a nice, nice football game punter uh, guillotine. And then uh, Jalen Johnson, I think, uh, I think had a, had a good, pretty good football game on a, in a, in a bad game. But I think he's, he's doing what you want. But for me, it's David Montgomery, man. Um, came out, played some really good football, 14 carries for 79 yards. That's a 5.6 uh, yard average. Runs the ball hard. He got three catches on four targets for another 34 yards. Made a guy miss, you know, had a nice explosive play there along a 28 um, for, the, for that passing play. I Listen, I understand math. I get it. I get the analytics stuff. I feel like I, I can live in that world pretty well, better than most um, football fans. Uh, football is not played on a spreadsheet and locker rooms are not built on spreadsheets. This guy, if he's, again, it's all comes down to the details, but if, if he wants to go get paid top dollar, go do it. David Montgomery. It, it probably is not with the bears because I'm not sure that Ryan Poles is that kind of guy. So if, if, if you can go get that money somewhere else and you'll be happy, go get paid, stack, stack the chips in your bank account. But if you want to be part of this team going forward and, and have a, a, an agreement that both sides can feel good about, as I'm not saying like pay him really cheap, I'm saying like a good solid running back deal that both sides can feel good about. I, I want him here. Yeah. He's a good football player and he does really good things on the field and he stepped up and he did exactly what, I think he would when he doesn't have somebody like Khalil Herbert, who's, um, you know, uh, challenging him for a lot of the carries. Um, honestly, I, I like Darrington Evans. He, he he looked like pretty solid. I don't think I don't like that split. I don't like 14 carries for Montgomery and nine for for Evans. I'd like to see more for David Montgomery. I'd like to see him carry more of the load when it's when it's him and somebody like Evans behind him, uh, because you're you're going to get more out of those reps because he has that opportunity to break a tackle and, and make a chunk game. Yeah, I'm with you there with with Montgomery. I looked at over the cap and they do their uh, their their contract projections for a few free agencies for mm. a few free agents, and one of them was Montgomery. Uh, and they have them uh, projected, I think, at a little over nine million a year, which that's probably ballpark for for a top running back on the market. But how many running backs get paid that kind of money? Now, look, I like Montgomery's overall skill set, but he's not explosive to the point where he's he's a threat when he touches the ball. And those are usually the guys that get paid big money. So I can see that annual average a little lower than that. And if that's the case, if it's coming in around eight, how do you let him go? I don't think he'll have a huge market. I think, like you said, if the Bears offer him a fair contract, something both sides can work with, he does bring more to the table than just what he does as a runner. He's a good, you know, pass blocker. He's good on the backfield. They have lined him up in different spots, you know, this season, kind of get him out there and, and see what he can do. Bring him back, you know, bring him back. What about you? You know, I, I thought about Montgomery, but I'm staying in the backfield. And you just mentioned him, Evans. You know, yeah, he may have got a few more reps than, than he probably should have, especially given the, the situation. But, you know, for, for what he was, this was his his most reps of the season, nine times, 34 yards. He had a nice 33-yard catch. Here's another guy. He, he's a good athlete. I mean, he's he's not Kilo Herbert fast, where he's not to the hold that quick. But when he was picked up by the Titans, they thought he was going to be the nice lightning to 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 to, to Derrick Henry's thunder, he's 
has that kind of athleticism. You know, he, he, he's a running back. I was surprised that he did not make the 53. I was shocked with, with Tristan Ebner uh, out of camp. I just thought Evans gave them a little more, especially what we've seen with Ebner these last few weeks. The Bears have realized this as well. He's now assigned to the active roster. He'll be there probably um, until Herbert's back. If he comes back and if, if Herbert's not healthy and good to go, why would you bring Herbert back? Because he's clearly a part of this team moving forward. You know, why not let just have Evans be the guy behind Montgomery? Let him spell him a little bit. See, we have there because, again, we talked about receivers. You have to have a, a few guys there. You need a, more than just two backs. I mean, it's good to have a, a third guy. Evans can play special teams for you. He can cover kicks. He can do that to, for you as well. Ebner, not sure he's even going to be the guy in the future. Uh, so, you know, see what Evans has. You know, he's he's another cheaper guy. Um, I think he's going to be a restricted free agent, so he's not going to command big money next year. Bring him back, draft a guy. Now you have your four guys to kind of see what you have, have at the uh, tailback spot next season. I like it. Giving the just right bulls to the backfield. Got to love it. Uh, you know, it was a, a lot of backfield love today. We had the fullback, both fullback, right? Yeah, everybody got a little bit, you know, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with the guys that tote the ball. And that's kind of what that game was. I mean, it wasn't very pretty. There wasn't a lot to really like uh, on the Bears side of things. But, you know, we're trying. We're trying to sift through the muck and, and try to find some, some flex of gold or, you know, whatever. You know, maybe it's fool's gold sometimes. We're doing our best. We'll end it there for the podcast. Uh, just got to give you guys an idea. There's there's more football games. We're going to keep doing these. Um, Packers. You know, Packers week. This Packers week. <laughs> and there's a bye week. Um, I was going to take a break, but I got a, a message from our friend Jack Silverstein saying, hey, man, uh, what do you think about me coming on and talking a little Hall of Fame with you and Lester and kind of what he's been, he's got a project that he's been working on. Um, he's got some insight into Devin Hester's uh, being on the ballot here. A couple of the other lovey defenders who may not be really doing so well in the Hall of Fame balloting. And he's, hey, let's come on and maybe spend a little time and said, hey, you know, bye week might be a good time for that. So if you like a little Hall of Fame talk, I think we're going to do that during the, during the bye week. So that'll happen then. And we got another four weeks after that. We're going to get through this thing. We're going to do it each and every week. <laughs> There's and... going to be a couple more stinkers here because you got Eagles, you got Bills coming up. Yeah. Those may be challenging uh, be shows, but uh, at least with our show, we're, we're a day later. You know, the, the emotions are calmed down. So did you happen to catch Robert's uh, post-game show yesterday? Where he, he had himself? A, a me, myself, and Irene uh, show. And it was a very, very odd show. It was very interesting. It was like... Uh, it kind of like the Bears show, right? The Bears game. You have it's like a like like, like a car wreck. You just gotta watch and see what's happening. It was just ridiculous, but fun. Um, I, I think there's something there, though. I mean, he, he mentioned he's gonna try and do something similar like that moving forward. I know there's that uh, Skip Bayless meme that's out there, video where they made where he he went against himself, and that's kind of what his idea is. And I'm like, I I see it. I see his vision. Let's just focus him in and get him there because it was a uh, interesting post game show where he interviewed himself. It was just, I mean, literally he's talking to himself the whole show, and he like is good at it. Like, man, I don't know, I don't know if he does it normally, or he really practiced it for this game. But uh, this is probably something he's been doing for years. I, I'm guessing, yeah, yeah, yeah. That this interesting. Now he turns on, turns it on, and just like, <laughs> does this work? You know, he's been doing it for years anyway, right? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, stick around in the site. Again, at some point here, we will start to pivot a little bit and start to look at the off season. You know, football is an all year round sport. Uh, the team building aspect is something that we uh, do a lot of work on, and we we talk a lot about, it and we do a lot of we write a lot of words about it, and uh, that'll all be at the website. So check that out. And then, of course, uh, we'll we'll be sticking with you on the podcast and in the YouTube. Uh, we'll stick around a little bit to handle the comments um, on this live stream that we have many, and uh, we will uh, see you podcasters next week, Packers week. Gear up, everybody. Uh, until next time, bear down. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work.